Everyone knows this story off by heart. I just want to lift out one or two wee thoughts as we round this evening up then. Luke chapter 15. This is the, the, the parable of the prodigal son. The prodigal son who went and wasted his father's inheritance in the pig pen. Verse 11, please. Luke 15, verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, but no man, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and no more worthy be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry, and his elder son was in the field. And he came and drew nigh to the house, and he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is common. Thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And the answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. When we look at the chapter of Luke 15, chapter of lost things, there's a lost sheep, there's a lost coin, and there's a lost son. A sheep, a coin, and a lost son. And we know the shepherd goes seeking for the one sheep, and we know the woman sweeps out her house with a lamp, and she sweeps out the house looking for the lost coin. But something you notice about the father, he doesn't go seeking. Take note of that. Here we can see as the shepherd, the son of God, seeking you and I, 
to bring us into the fold. Here we can see in this chapter the woman with the brush, or if you want, the redeemed of the Lord, the ecclesia of Christ, the church of Christ, through the Holy Spirit seeking out the coin. But in this reading, you see, the Father does not go and seek, but rather the Father waits for the Son to return home. The Father waits for the Son to return home. Look at what it says in verse 12. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Do you know the father never needed to give anything at all to the son at this point in time? It was only because of the gracious heart of his father that he gave it then, because the inheritance isn't given out until the death of a testator. Then the inheritance is separated and the inheritance is given out. Not before it. And the son comes to claim that while the father is still alive and living. But really in this we look at Christ sees himself post-cross, after the cross, where you and I in Christ have a great inheritance in him. And so as your father lives, Wayne said in his testimony something, he said, I didn't realize that God was real, that God was alive. And it's understanding that God is real and God is alive. And we have an inheritance that God gives to everyone that comes to faith in his son, the Lord Jesus. Because the testator has died in the person of his son and is raised up to be the bridegroom of his redeemed bride. So we can have an inheritance. And here Christ is looking post-cross. Can I also say there's a whole Bible prophecy emphasis on this, on the two houses of Israel, the northern house and the southern kingdom of Israel, the house of Israel and the house of Judah. But we'll stay away from that for only a few moments. But here he looks at the cross seeing how the gospel would go out and how those who were redeemed of Israel in Jerusalem and around that area and around Galilee would start to go out like the woman brushing out after the 10 pieces of coins, 10 tribes on the north, would go start looking for the lost coin. Or like the shepherd come to seek and save that which is lost, that the son came to bleed and die, he came to seek and save the lost sheep. And so when we look at this, we can see each and every one of us as individuals, how Christ came to seek us, how through his spirit, now we are now going out to seek others with the word and the preaching of the gospel. But the father himself, the father remains at home because the son has already come to knowledge of the father. So in other words, he's looking here at those who once knew the right ways of God, those who once walked in the right ways of God, those who even came to saving faith, speaking post-cross of the right things of God, and the blood of Jesus cleansing them from all sin. And like Wayne says, I came to some sort of a knowledge of, of Christ that died for me. And the Lord starts to bless Wayne, like he blesses all of us. And yet, and yet Wayne goes into a far country. He says, give me my living. And he goes and he finds it for a while. You know, when you start to sin for a while, maybe there's a bit of liberty in it that you think it is, but it's bringing you into bondage. And when you're on drugs, you know, the Bible talks about drug taking 
raves at nightclubs. Did you know that? Galatians chapter 5, Paul mentions a word. He mentions a whole lot of things like emulations and stripes, but he mentions witchcraft. And the word witchcraft is the word pharmakia, where we get our word pharmacy from. And it gives the idea an enchantment with drugs and to dance to it. Paul says, and such shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So the young man and the young woman, the boy and the girl or the older whoever, who are enchanted, whether it's an alcoholic drug or whether it's a prescribed drug or whether it's an illegal drug, it doesn't matter. It's all pharmakia. It gives the idea of an enchantment with drugs. It's witchcraft in the sight of God. I would ask you a Christian who likes to sit and get into a bit of a stupor claiming Christ. I'll put Christian in a bracket. Claiming Christ. I would ask you, what part of witchcraft do you start at? If your mind is enchanted with some drug. What part of witchcraft? What part is Christ and which part is witchcraft? If we're Christ. This young man takes what his father had given him. He takes it and he goes in to feed the swine. You see, he had loads of friends. And then when his money runs out, he hasn't any friends. And if use of, any of you have been in a, in a nightclub or a pub or you have uh, wanted... Uh, that sort of life, been in that sort of lifestyle, like Wayne has spoken of, like I have been in. You know, see, while you have money, you are the friend of the whole pub. You don't even know them in your best friend. You could walk in and we have a lot of money, and suddenly you have the best friends that come out of the woodwork. Do you remember I was in school with you? Uh, no, not really. I mean, you sat together in class, that's a pint. And that's the truth. You have all the friends you want, but they're fair weather. You see, the difference is, when you come to saving faith in Christ, he is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's the one that sees you through your problems and sees you through your troubles and through your anguish. But there's three quick things you need to see what this prodigal son did to come back to his father. Look at it, what it says. After he feeds the swine and he finds himself so low, Notice what it says in verse 17. And when he came to himself. And when he came to himself. In other words, when he wised up. When he wised up. When he realized, look, look at my life. My life has become a waste. It's become a mess. And what I have taken. Listen, he was always the father's son, this man, this boy. But he became dead to his father in the sense that he didn't know his father intimately anymore. He wasn't living in his father's house nor walking in his father's ways. But he was always the father's son. One day feeding the hus to the swine, the abominable creature in God's eyes. And the Lord Jesus is saying this for a reason. He's given us an example for a reason. Because to Israel, the, 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 the pig is the most abominable uh, uh, creature in God's sight. I'll say no more about you eating it. <laughs> and this abominable creature, Jesus says, he's actually serving the pig. Do you know what he's saying? He's serving the things that are abominable to God. That's what happens when a man and a woman fall away and they get lower and they get lower and they get lower and they sink even deeper than where maybe they were before. And you know what happens? They start serving the creature rather than the creator. And this young man 
starts serving the creature, suddenly it says, and when he came to himself. Sometimes we need to stop for a moment, take a step back and think, where's my life going before God? Have I allowed myself to drift away from his house? Have I allowed myself to drift away from his presence and from serving him? Have I allowed myself to drift away from loving him? Let's take a moment and think, because sooner or later, you find yourself with the pig pen. It says, and when he came to himself. Notice, he came to himself. We all must come to ourselves. Notice, and he says, when he came to himself, he says, how many hard servants of my father's have bread and enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. Notice, he picked himself up. Now, hold on a minute. The shepherd goes seeking the sheep. The woman goes seeking the coin. But the father's still at home. Who helps the prodigal son? Do you see when a man and a woman are truly his? You know when you're right or wrong. You know when you're right in his sight and when you're not. You know your lifestyle before him, whether it is right or wrong. He was a son, and he realized, look at my life. He came to himself, and he says, right, I must pick myself up. Can I say this not meaning to offend anyone? It's time Christians caught themselves on and picked themselves up and got themselves back. When he came back, thirdly, notice this. It says, and he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, he, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. He brought himself home. Lord, you come and get me. Lord, look at me. Oh, I'm just a wee Walton flower, Lord. I'm wallowing in my own mess, Lord. Oh, Father, come and get me. My heart's sore. And the father says, Catch yourself on, get yourself up, and bring yourself home. Hello? Isn't that right? But here's the thing. You read of the Lord Jesus sitting in Scripture. You read of him walking in Scripture. He even steals his face to go to Jerusalem, striding out in Scripture. You read of him lying down in Scripture. You read of him sleeping in Scripture. You read of all of this in Scripture. But one thing you never read of the Lord Jesus is him running. You never read of the Lord Jesus running. Not once in the whole of the New Testament do you read of the Son of God running. But in this one, he shows the Father who stayed at home when he came to himself, when he picked himself up, and as soon as he came, uh, brought himself home, he saw him afar off, and the Father ran to meet him. The Father ran. The one who stayed at home says, once you make the effort, son, you'll find my arms are around you right away, daughter. You've got to make the effort. You've got to say, I'm coming home, Lord. I'm coming home, Father. Of straight and heart. You know, you can sit in the church and still be far away from God. You can sit here and still be far away from God. Maybe you'd like to Catch yourself on. Pick yourself up. And bring yourself home tonight.
Last thing. The father has a party for him. When you read about the sheep, we're told he carries the sheep over his shoulders, the shepherd. And he says, rejoice for me, for the sheep that was lost is found. The woman, when she finds a coin, calls her friends and says, I've a coin that I've lost. Let's have a, a, a party, as it were. Let's come and rejoice with me. But we don't read that in this, that we're told that the father puts a robe on him. He puts shoes on his feet, a ring on his finger. He kills the fatted calf, and he brings him into his house again, into fellowship. Notice this. And we're told in verse 24, he says, For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Verse 25, Now his elder son was in the field, and he came and drew nigh to the house, and he heard music and dancing. He must have came to Donnacone Elam. He heard music and dancing. Here's a little sideline for you. If there's joy in the presence of the Lord over one sinner that repents, and the, of the angels of the Lord over one sinner that repents, and if the father, when a backslider comes back to him, if the father is willing to go so far to have music and dancing, church, what's wrong then with you and I praising the Lord and worshiping him? The elder brother heard it outside. And he takes a hump. He used to be down the pub last week, and here he's here now saying he's a Christian. Who knows what you done last week? And maybe you kept it quiet. Who knows what you thought today? And only the Lord knows. Praise God for his grace. Thank God for a life of grace. So if you're here tonight and you're backslidden in your heart and your mind and you've strayed or maybe you've went into the world and you're here, listen, we love you, but he loves you more. And he'll open his arms to receive you. Oh, I have a life and maybe I could never be forgiven. Listen, (laughs) this Bible tells me that all sin is cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Don't let that hold you back. William, thank you for your testimony. We appreciate your ministry there. Maybe you're saying, I know I'm not right with God. Why don't you see us before you go home? Come and talk to us. And say, you know, I'm just backslidden and I need to come back to God. You'll find he'll wrap his arms around you. And he welcomes you right away. He says, let's have a party and rejoice. For he or she was dead to me, but neither alive again. Neither alive. Gary, would you finish for us, please? You in the group. The Lord bless you.